at the time of publishing this podcast, we regret to inform you of the passing of Ray Hatcher. Prior to working with ABB, Ray served his country as a Marine, obtaining the rank of Sergeant. I personally have worked with Ray for several years and would go to him with many technical questions, just like the ones we'll be speaking on today. He was always glad to help and answered in ways that were easy to understand. Ray will always be a part of the ABB family. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the ABB Solutions Podcast, where we talk about issues faced in the industry. I'm your host, Mike Murphy, speaking to you from Greenville, South Carolina. Huge topic today, one I'm sure you will find valuable and one that impacts several industries and applications. But before we get to it, let me first introduce our product experts. I'm excited to have with me today Scott Wilcox, product specialist for DC Motors and Hydrocool XT, and Ray Hatcher, product specialist for Laminated Frame Motors. Welcome, Scott and Ray. Hi, good morning. How are you today? Great. It's great having you guys. So both are with me today to talk about what to look for when converting existing DC motors over to AC. DC motors have been around since the 19th century and have helped shifted us into a new industrial revolution. Traditionally, DC motors have been the choice when speed and torque control are critical, but we're now seeing advances in AC motors along with drive technologies that make facilities think twice about switching their DC motor applications over to AC. So this podcast will go over some of the things to consider before making this change. Let's go over some of the common questions to avoid any gotchas because I'm sure it's a bit more complicated than just changing one motor out for another. So Scott, I'm going to start with you. First, why would a customer want to make the change from DC to AC? Well, one of the main concerns about DC motors is the amount of maintenance. They're continually needing, you know, maintenance with the brushes, the commutators, the filters, the dust and the debris from the brushes. It's an ongoing battle. Inverter duty motors are more efficient by design to reduce the energy footprint, reducing the overall cost of their motors. They have less downtime because you don't have the maintenance on brushes and commutators to continually fight with. But one of the biggest gotchas is ensuring during your design, electrical design to make sure you've got enough torque covered because some DC motors have higher torques at lower speeds than a standard AC motor design. So that's something you want to make sure you cover that when you're first looking at a customer's design. From there on, it's just easy to change it. Okay, great. So, Ray, I'm going to switch over to you. What are some of the initial questions to have with end users before making the change? Well, Michael, the first thing to consider for the customer when you're changing from DC to AC is that, as you alluded to, this is not simply just changing one motor to the other. You're making a change of the entire system. So, in the case of a DC motor, you have the DC drive, the DC motor, the associated wiring, and any feedback that's that's tied into the drive or the motor. So the drive may be tied into a larger control system for a particular machine. When you're gonna switch that system from DC to AC, you need to look at and consider the fact that you're switching the entire system. So you have to take into consideration that not only the drive and the motor, but the interconnecting wiring and any changes to the machine or to the equipment rooms to accommodate the new driving motor, and then any any interconnections between that drive, you know, larger control systems in the plant. 
Okay. Ray, I want to stick with you. I, I think you're touching on this, but let's dive a bit deeper. So let's go further into the installation. What, what all else needs to be considered? Well, if we start from the motor standpoint, we want to consider the difference in footprint between the original motor and the, any proposed new motor, because we have to accommodate, you know, attaching that, that new motor to the existing machinery. In addition, you know, we're switching the drive out and inside the drive panel. And so we need to make sure that we have, a, you know, the new drive is compatible with the existing power system and that we can supply the necessary controls to operate that new drive and tie it into the existing system. So that, you know, right there, for most people, that means that you're going to have to have some degree of drive expertise, either in-house or, or through a trusted subcontractor. In addition, everything needs to be interconnected. Even though you have an existing motor and drive, you're going to replace it with a new motor and drive in the same locations that interconnecting wiring cannot be reused. And that's because the, the wiring that's required for a DC motor is going to be two primary conductors that, you know, contain in the DC armature voltage and current, and then two, two smaller con conductors with the DC field current. For an AC motor, you're going to have three relatively large AC cables, uh, one per phase. So it's an entirely different wiring setup. And so it's it's really, it's a complete system, as I, as I mentioned in my previous answer. Okay. All right. So Scott, let me turn back over to you. Okay. So we've done the installation, right? So now what kind of savings could a customer realize after doing all that? When you look at saving, you know, depending on their actual installation costs, that's going to vary depending on what they had available, like Ray was talking about, and whether how much they had to get to that point. But once they've got the installation done, you know, you can help determine the actual recovery time. Where we created a scenario and using very conservative numbers on a 500 horsepower motor that we showed that how you could recover the cost of the materials, of the, the drive, the new motor, and the operation. You can recover your cost in about a year on a motor that size. And this is mainly because on the AC motor, you don't have the maintenance time. You don't have the downtime. You don't have to pay those guys that go out there every month and dig into that motor and clean the brushes or measure the brushes, clean off the commutator, sweep out the dust. And then there's the repairs. I mean, you don't have to do that. The repair of an AC motor is much, much less than a DC motor of the same size. Okay. And we do have a white paper out, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Our white paper shows that in pretty good detail. And it's, it's a very good example of how they can save just by once they've replaced it. And after they've recouped that first year, not including any bonuses they may get for having a higher efficiency design because DC motors are inherently inefficient. They take two power supplies to run them in most cases, and it's just a continual savings forever after that. Great. All right, Ray, back to you. So I've seen AC motor technology can put a user in a smaller motor, but what does that mean for the original setup? Well, typically, as you point out, the AC motor is going to be smaller than the DC motor that's replacing. Um, the primary concern for the user is that they want to get that AC motor to match the shaft height of the existing DC motor. In many cases, in order to do that, you're going to have an adapter rail. What an adapter rail will do is will match the mounting holes of the initial DC motor on the bottom side. And on the top side, will have the mounting holes for the smaller AC motors. And the height of the rail will be equal to the difference in the shaft height between the AC and the DC. Um, once you mount the shaft height uh, using an adapter rail, it's just a matter of being able to mount the shaft dimensions. For many motors, including the, you know, the RP RPM AC motors, 
We do offer shafts that are larger than standard for a given shaft height. And so that allows us some flexibility. And when it's not possible to increase the shaft height enough to do the match, and in those cases, the user would have to replace their coupling half or their bushings in order to make the match. Okay. Ray, I'll stick with you again. So as a follow-up, so I've seen a lot of DC motors. I've known them to be blower cooled, but I also noticed the AC, there's a lot of TEFC or fan cool motors out there. So is there even a blower option for AC? Yes. Yes. As, as you've noticed, the typical AC motor is totally enclosed fan cooled. But when you look at definite purpose variable speed AC motors like the uh, RPM AC, this motor is designed specifically as an AC replacement to the DC motor. The, the RPM AC motor will have enclosure options for drip proof force vent, which is more or less a direct match for many existing DC motors. One thing that you can get with an AC motor that is typically not found with the DC motor is we can offer a totally enclosed blower cooled motor. And so one of the downsides to the DC motors, in addition to all the mess created by the motor itself and the form of brush debris that gathers inside the motor, the, the big challenge with the DC motor is that they're typically, as you, as you mentioned, are open blower-cooled motor. The downside to that is if you're in a dirty environment, you know, you have to keep, you have to use filters and constantly maintain those filters to keep the inside of the motor clean. When you go to an AC motor, in many cases can offer a totally enclosed motor that would have the same variable speed performance as the DC motor, but by virtue of being totally enclosed, you eliminate the risk of contaminating the interior of the motor from the application. Okay. Yeah. All good points. All right, Scott, the last question is yours. So what other benefits are there by moving a customer over to AC? Well, like we, I think we briefly mentioned it, that the repair costs of these AC motors are, is going to be less. If you ever have a motor that you have to remove and replace it, it's going to be easier and less time to replace it. AC motors are easier and usually quicker to get. But one of the biggest things that a lot of people you'll hear them say I need to get more power out of my line. Can I upgrade to a higher power and still use the same footprint? And a lot of times, you know, a motor may have to go up a frame size or two. Well, the beauty of this is the AC motor is already going to be a smaller footprint. So now we've got room to increase that horsepower for the customer and give them a larger motor in the same footprint where they were had the old DC motor design. So now they got got room to grow with their plant. They're going to save money. And they've got a lot less worry and headaches in the future. That's not to say that DC motors don't have their place for customers that still need them and can't. But there's a chance it's always a good thing to upgrade. All right. Well said. Hey, I think that's a great place to stop. Scott and Ray, hey, it was great having you both on. I'm sure our listeners will certainly take away some great information. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate your help. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, remember, if you'd like more information on DC or AC motors, contact your local ABB sales representative or visit us at www.abb.com. And I hope you keep tuning in to the ABB Solutions podcast in your favorite browser. Thanks, everyone. Have a great rest of your day. This podcast episode is dedicated to the memory of our friend and colleague, Ray Hatcher.